This podcast is dedicated to the Fink, Howard Finkel. And welcome everybody to this special edition of Fretz's Fave 5. I am Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer podcast on Wrestle Addict Radio. This podcast is available for free on our Patreon page and my personal podcasting page on anchor.fm backslash fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E-mania. Now, last week, I watched very little wrestling. I did see Monday Night Raw, although I can't tell you anything that happened on the show. I watched a little bit of highlights from from NXT and from a little bit of SmackDown, but this wasn't a week that I could pick up five of my favorite moments. I can't even tell you what happened on any show, if I can be honest with you. I was watching a lot of YouTube wrestling stuff like the bubbly bunch and some random uh random highlights so i decided to uh, go over another top five list you're going to be getting a lot of these on off weeks or weeks there are no major events because you know wrestlers are considered essential and they're still going to be doing stuff I know Money in the Bank is coming up, and that is something I'm going to have to spend a little bit more time on uh, discussing the creativity or utter stupidity of it. I don't know how I feel about uh, about Money in the Bank. <laughs> um, yeah, due to the current climate, of course, they're not going to do a big many-person ladder match or, or something. So it looks like it looks like a scavenger hunt. And if this doesn't end up being like a gritty remake of Die Hard, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. So you're going to get another top five list with a different theme. You're going to be getting a lot of these, as I said before. And this one is my top five current favorite wrestlers. You got my all-time ones last week. Here are the ones that right now are the top in, in my books. And although last week I had a lot of entrance music to play in the background, I don't this week. I have a couple of things I'm going to put in the background of my podcast here, but you're mostly going to be hearing my glorious booming voice, starting off with number five, Adam Cole, baby. Now, Adam Cole is someone I watched a little bit of in Ring of Honor. You know, I was watching uh, Ring of Honor TV uh, it used to be on, I think it still is actually on, at about 12 or 1 in the morning on Fox Rochester. You know, it's just a random Fox affiliate that I managed to get on basic cable up here. And that's been the Fox affiliate I've had on cable for as long as I can remember. Now, I saw Adam Cole when he was in the kingdom with with Mike Bennett, Maria Kanellis, and Matt Taven. I saw some of his feuds with people like Michael Elgin and Kyle O'Reilly, uh, and I think the Briscoes. I seem to remember some title switches happening between all of the aforementioned wrestlers. I remember the way Adam Cole left Ring of Honor, you know, being fired from the Bullet Club after losing a match to uh, Hiroshi. I think it was Hiroshi Tanahashi. You know, Kenny Omega appears on the Tron. And says that he's fired. And then the lights go out. And you hear the 
that ominous piano music that can only mean one person, and that's Marty Skrull. Now, Marty Skrull uh, takes his place in the Bullet Club. The Young Bucks turn on him, and then Adam Cole loses a street fight to, to Skrull on his way out. And then Adam Cole comes out of nowhere at NXT TakeOver. It was one of the Brooklyns. It had to be Brooklyn 2? 3. 3. Here it is. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the wiki page. So, out of nowhere, you know, we see Red... First off, we see Red Dragon appear and take out... I believe it was Sanity. That O'Reilly and Fish took out Sanity after after their match. And then after Drew McIntyre won their Ring of Honor title, I mean, there is a credit thing. And then, you know, in NXT, when the credits roll, it ain't over yet. So we see... Well, we don't see, we don't see anything. We hear the crowd go absolutely nuts. And... Boom! In comes Adam Cole. Oh, after, of course, uh, Red Dragon come out and take him out. Adam Cole joins the fray, super kicking Drew McIntyre. And then, of course, in unison, after the credits, Adam Cole, baby! Uh, the whole crowd sings along with it. Cole has been a fantastic dickhead cocky heel in NXT since since 2017. Wow, he's been in the he's only been in the company for 3 years. Now they dubbed themselves the Undisputed Era. Now this of course this was WWE's answers to the answer to the kingdom. They were just missing a female valet. Now after weeks of attacking other teams the Undisputed Era was pitted in the first ever NXT War Games match against against Sanity's Alexander Wolfe, Eric Young, and Killian Dane. The team of the Authors of Pain of with Roderick Strong. This is before Roddy joined the company. I mean, joined the stable. And, you know, 2018, Cole makes a surprise entrance in, in the Royal Rumble. And then throughout 2018, 2019, he has taken over NXT. I mean, he was the first North American champion in that historic, amazing six-person ladder match at uh, TakeOver New Orleans. And then last year, he, uh, well, he predicted and and fulfilled the prophecy of the undisputed era being draped in gold. And now, here in 2020, bit by bit, the prophecy is crumbling. You know, O'Reilly and Fish lost the tag team titles. Uh, Roddy Strong lost the North American title. And the only man still standing with gold around his waist is Adam Cole, baby. And what do I like about Cole? It's that he is so damn talented. And the man can get the crowd 
in the palm of his hands with just an Adam Cole baby. You know, all he has to do is raise his two fingers and speak. And when anyone says the name Adam Cole, even in a casual conversation or in his entrance theme, <laughs> you can't say Adam Cole without saying baby at the end. And the man can cut a great promo. I cannot ever, ever see him as a babyface, but he's a babyface to the fans. And my goodness, I can go I can go on about Adam Cole and think about where where he would be on the main roster. I shudder to think, honestly, of of where he'd be on the main roster. You know, Shawn Michaels is his is is his inspiration. But you know, I'm not sure. But anyways, yeah, Adam Cole, big time number five. I've always loved him. I always will. And here with number four, my goodness, th this one is, this one's a sentimental favorite for many reasons. Hello, I am Elias. And you're going to remember this forever. Elias. What does WWE stand for? My highway is the sky. It stands for Walk with Elias. And I have been walking with Elias since day one-ish. Now, Elias started off in NXT as enhancement talent. Whether he was losing to people like Baron Corbin or Buddy Murphy or, or teaming with Buddy Murphy losing against the Ascension. I really started to pay attention to him when he was in a feud with Bull Dempsey. And of course he defeated Bull Dempsey, hit him with a guitar. He would always approach the ring as kind of a drifter musician, like a busker, like a guy you would see outside of Starbucks with a, you know, a douchey beanie and a guitar and the guitar open with money and he's panhandling and bus busking. And, you know, one thing I didn't know here as I was doing research for Elias is that during the first Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, he was paired with Tucker Knight, who is now part of heavy machinery with my spirit animal Otis. And uh, another thing here is I didn't know that Elias participated in his final feud in NXT against Cassius Ono. This was the first ever Loser Leaves NXT match in which, excuse me, Elias lost. And on the post-Mania Raw in 2017, or just the week after or so, Elias made his main roster debut just appearing backstage during an eight-man tag, walking through the crowd with his guitar, continuing to appear in the background, just busking away on random backstage segments for the next few weeks. And then, of course, 
he finally starts feuding with people like Dean Ambrose, Finn Balor, uh, Roman Reigns, Jason Jordan, all these people. But he would always set, just sit in the ring, strum a guitar. You know, when we ever we heard, you know, Mike Rome or whoever was ring announcer go, ladies and gentlemen, Elias. And then the just the guitar strum. You knew you were in for a hell of a promo. Now Elias, whether he's face or heel, can cut a great promo. And write a song just like that, off the top of his head. You know, he's he's great. I mean, I can't memorize all of his uh, promos because they vary from city to city, whether he's slagging off your local sports teams or your local celebrities or... You know, if you're a city that's known for good food, <laughs> he'll he'll slag that off too. But one of the ones that really caught fire for me uh, was one that uh, a friend of mine was at, uh, John uh, John Ritland and and the Durbinator from you know John Ritland's Real Honesty YouTube page. Check it out. Get big shout out to those two folks. Now they're from uh, Washington State, and they were in Seattle. So Elias is cutting a promo in the ring, doing his little doing his little concert with Kevin Owens. And he says that, you know, this match, I think it was Elimination Chamber, it makes about as much sense as Seattle having a basketball team. And just like that, the crowd just snaps. And you you saw, <laughs> if you watch the thing on YouTube, you can still see the part where Elias just glances at Kevin Owens, gives him a little wink, because he knew that he set that crowd on fire. And I learned that night that the Supersonics weren't a team. (laughs) I call myself a Raptors fan. You know, they won the championship last year, and back then I didn't know the Supersonics moved to, was it New Orleans? I, I I don't know. I remember Sean Kemp in playing for the Seattle Supersonics and there's one thing that the Durbinator said in their re- in in their uh, raw review was you don't come to Seattle and push the su- the Supersonics button you just don't and you know me being uh, a southern ontario boy I won't, I'm not from Toronto I live like 3 hours west of the city uh I loved when he would rip Toronto. And I still do. I mean, like, I love all my Toronto teams, but I love when people rip on him, especially Elias, when he's like, oh, yeah, my close personal friend, Kawhi Leonard, couldn't wait to get out of here, you know, after winning a championship with the Raptors and then signing in LA, LA Clippers, I think. So right away, Elias knew. He's like, okay, I got to use this. And then... A couple of years ago when John Tavares signed with the Maple Leafs, he's like, yeah, my close personal friend John Tavares just signed here and he hates it. He can't wait to get out already. And he hadn't played a game for the Leafs yet. And just Elias is so good at getting heat. 
He makes it look basic. It might be because, let's face it, getting heat in wrestling is kind of easy. All you got to do is make fun of the local sports teams. And I know that's something that's kind of lost on on British wrestling fans. You know, I'm a longtime listener of the Attitude Era podcast. And that's something that those guys never understood, which is completely okay because you're across the pond. Now, Elias, I, I, there's just something about him. I, I just love the guy. And... He can get, he's another guy that can get the crowd in the palm of his hands. Whether he is ripping them or he's ripping his opponent, he'll write a song about his opponent. He'll write a song about the crowd. You know, like what I just played the I met so many stupid people, I want to punch them in the face. He would do that. He'll do that anywhere and he'll just get booed. And of course, that is a catalyst for the babyface to interrupt him and to uh, later defeat him, which, oh, would always break my heart. I remember a couple of times Elias would unsuccessfully challenge for the Intercontinental title. Uh, and he was part he was a part of some big WrestleMania moments, although it was at the expense of him. He he always just ran with it. He was always just so good at it. Where you know whether he was coming out to uh, spite people for thinking it's the Undertaker, like John Cena's in the ring. We we see the lights go out. The crowd is you know <gasps> anticipating a gong, but instead you heard a brum, <laughs> and I just leap out of my chair and and mark out it's like oh were you expecting someone else like i knew he was gonna do that and then of course john cena jobs him out and then we get the undertaker versus john cena which was an embarrassing three-minute squash uh last year at, at mania elias of course had that concert with himself playing all the instruments before Thugonomics John Cena came out and they went to promo school on each other. Another great moment. And then, of course, this year at uh, WrestleMania at the PC, he gets a win over King Corbin, which, not a good match, but it's it's Elias. It, it's, it's Elias. I'll, I'll let it slide. Uh, I will walk with Elias until the day uh, <laughs> he is no longer wrestling. You know, given we just had a whole bunch of cuts. And, well, although Elias, I think he's going to be part of the Money in the Bank ladder match. At least I hope he is. I hope he's around the WWE for a long time. Because this guy is... He's a merch seller. He's over as heck. And he's entertaining on the mic. He is just so good. And coming up here at number three is Kevin Owens. Yep, I have a Canadian on here. That's a big surprise, ain't it? Now, Kevin Owens is another guy I watched a lot of in Ring of Honor. You know, I think I mentioned before, but I've been watching Ring of Honor actually since 2005. So I've been I've been seeing it for a long time. My uh, My satellite dish back at my parents' place for a little while 
had a preview of the Fight Network or the Fight Channel. It was something like that, but it would often have, you know, boxing, MMA, it had pride fighting, it had classic wrestling like AWA, some some Crockett stuff, I think even a little bit of Stampede Wrestling, and it had Ring of Honor TV. It's where I discovered, you know, people like, oh, Naromichi Mirafuji when he was doing his tour in Ring of Honor. It's where I found people like El Generico, uh, Adam Cole, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, uh, Claudio Castagnoli and Chris Hero, the Kings of Wrestling. And oh, th- there's there's more, but I can go on. There, there was one big Japanese guy who was the champion for a while. Takeshi, I think his name was Takeshi Murashima. This big burly brute of a guy just destroying people with a Saito suplex. But it also had some classic Ring of Honor. I believe there was like some Samoa Joe and CM Punk and uh, Christopher Dan was Dan Christopher Daniels, Jamie Noble, all these people there. Colt Cabana had a bu- had a bunch of smorgasbord of Ring of Honor content on there. And Kevin Owens was one of these guys I watched later on. You know, as I went to college, and I discovered things like Brooks and found <laughs> Ring of Honor through them. I was glued to Kevin Steen's feud with El Generico, you know, Sami Zayn, and Steen's feud with with Jim Cornette, who was, you know, actually a booker in in Ring of Honor, and he he worked for them for a long for a long time. You know, he had some great title defenses against you know. Everybody, like Sammy Callahan, Willie Mack, Michael Elgin, Ricochet, Adam Cole. I mean, th- this man went all over the place with his uh, with his title. I mean, of course, he he started off feuding with no teaming. I'm sorry, with El Generico. They had a they had a bad split, and they had a hell of a feud. Just. A spectacular feud that culminated in a match. I think it was at either 2010 or 2011 uh, ROH Final Battle. Uh, Steen hits the package pile driver on the on a ladder that was set as like a platform between that and the ring. Uh, you had just a, spe- a spectacular thing here, uh, and. When I heard when I heard it, he came WWE at NXT. I cu- I couldn't have been more excited. Uh, Steen Owens was just a guy, another guy that was a spectacular dickhead heel. And you know, being from Quebec, uh, no offense, but I know a lot of jerks from Quebec. <laughs> I've been there. Nice Montreal's a nice city, but oh man, he can just turn on you like that. And that's what I'm loving about Sami Zayn's um, uh, run today is that he's he, he's so good at it. It you know in 2014 Kevin Steen was a, was 
signed to WWE. You know, they changed his name to Owens, what is, you know, nicely, it's a tribute to his son, Owen, who himself is named after, you know, Steen's favorite wrestler, Owen Hart, or one of his favorites. And then at uh, TakeOver Our Evolution, uh, Owens defeated uh, CJ Parker, the, uh, you know, Juiced Robinson, as he's now known as, in a match where Parker legitimately broke Kevin's nose with a palm strike called the Third Eye. Uh, and then that night, we saw Sami Zayn finally win the NXT Championship from Neville. Owens came to the ring to congratulate him. They're walking up the apron. The credits are about to roll. And oh no, boom, attacking him on the on the ramp. Powerbomb on the apron. And just like that, Kevin Owens is the top heel in NXT. He wins the title uh, right away. He drops the title to Finn Balor. And not long after, he is up on the main roster. Uh, feuding with John Cena. Now, Owens came to the main roster with the NXT Championship. So, you know, eventually he lost uh, to uh, Finn. He lost, I'm sorry, he lost to Finn. This is this is fan- fantastic. And on Raw, or SmackDown, I forget which one, he successfully defended the NXT title against Zack Ryder, um, which was the only NXT Championship match on SmackDown until last year when Adam Cole, Bebe, uh, beat Daniel Bryan. And through his entire main roster on, whether he was teaming with Chris Jericho in the Festival of Friendship, whether he was teaming or feuding with Sami Zayn, or feuding even when he was feuding with Braun Strowman, you know, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton... The Shield, The New Day, whoever he was put in front of, he he was awesome. Even his feud with, with Shane McMahon and AJ Styles. Those were all spectacular. Now, Kevin Owens, you know, recently had a feud with um, Seth Rollins, which ended up with him jumping off of the WrestleMania sign at the PC, on to <laughs> Seth. And that was just an absolutely crazy spot. You know, of course, Kevin Owens would be a surprise entrant for uh, a t- for Champa's fourth mystery partner at War Games for Team NXT at TakeOver War Games against the Undisputed Era last year, and it was phenomenal. Uh Oh, career highlights. I mean, his NXT title run, his Intercontinental and United States title runs, his Festival of Friendship with Jericho, that that was golden. That was perfect, perfect storytelling that bubbled over and bubbled over and built and built until finally the festival itself was the crescendo. Jericho and Owens were my favorite team for a long time in WWE. To me, I thought they were they were better than him and him and uh, Generico, Steen, uh, Zane. But my goodness, so good. Yeah, Kevin Owens, one of my favorite Canadians right now. 
So good. Number two, this isn't going to surprise any of you. Of course, it is the fiend Bray Wyatt, who is my favorite in WWE right now. And he's been another guy that I have loved for years. You know, whether he was, you know, feuding with Kane in an Inferno match or leading a family, you know, leading Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, and then later Braun Strowman as this cult leader, Waylon Mercy, Max Cady-esque weirdo from the swamp, cutting a bunch of nonsensical promos and Sister Abigail and weird, weird, creepy stuff. You know, the rocking chair, the darkness, the lamp, you know, the, you know, we're here. Or eventually, as now the theme, the whole let me in thing. And I can go on. I can do a whole podcast about theories and and such about the fiend and the firefly funhouse and and everything but I, i'm gonna try to cut it short so bray wyatt as i said he started off as this weird cult leader type thing and then as as the gimmick started to wear or whether it was you know his booking was starting to be questionable, you know, especially his losses to John Cena and, you know, dare I say, even The Undertaker at WrestleMania. It wasn't the best for him, but then when he, you know, eventually came back, he feuded in tag with Matt Hardy, which I thought kind of refreshed him a little bit. You know, he didn't have the fam- I don't think he had the family with him. So this gave him a chance to be on his own. And he was thrown into the Lake of Reincarnation and such. And then he had to take some time off and deal with some stuff. That or he was taking time off because he was injured. Then he started doing all these cryptic things on Twitter. And of course, this time last year, we saw the first Firefly Funhouse. And no one knew what to think. But then I... I kind of caught on right away and go like oh no he is mentally scarred Bray Wyatt has this dual personality whether he he starts off as Mr. Rogers and then he lets him in and becomes the fiend Uh, that mask he wears now as the fiend Tom Zavie what what a bloody genius Bray Wyatt, who has most of the creative control in his gimmick, bloody genius. Uh, That funhouse match he had against John Cena was one of the most brilliant things that I've seen out of any cinematic match in wrestling. You know, I'm I'm talking about the Boneyard match. I'm I'm talking about. You know, Matt Hardy's stuff with the deletion, which I think was a major inspiration for all of this. Bray is someone who 
when he retires, that man's going to have a job in the writing room or writing writing something. I mean, that, that dude could do a movie franchise out of The Fiend if he wanted to. Uh, yeah, I thought he, for a long while in his run, he was criminally underrated, booked to look like an idiot, and had a run with a title far too late. And of course, that stupid match he had with Randy Orton where Randy won the title and then there's the House of Horrors match and he was getting hokey. He was getting lame. So the feat is the best thing to ever happen to Bray Wyatt. You know, take, take away that loss to Goldberg because, long story short, what I get out of The Fiend is that he is getting revenge on all the people that Bray Wyatt had problems with. You know, so f- We've seen a few of them so far, you know, like, like Finn Balor, like Daniel Bryan, and The Miz, and John Cena. Now there's not that many left. I mean, now he's entering a program with Braun Strowman, and I can't think of anyone better than Braun Strowman to have a program with than than Wyatt because they have a past. You know, I saw on SmackDown this week where Braun opened this present he had from somebody, and it was the black sheep mask. So Bray has had control of him before, so Braun knows how to deal with this. So I'm really, really looking forward to see how they're going to build this. You know, oh, The Fiend can't take a loss. He's invincible. First off, The Undertaker lost in his first year in the company to Tito Santana. Clean. As a whistle. And well, Ultimate Warrior, but he's a different story or similar invincible power whatever so I, I could gush on and on about bray wyatt he he's someone i've been a big fan of big supporter since day one again but this man this number one guy my number one favorite wrestler right now takes the cake above them all <laughs> who else could it be? Nate, this one's for you, brother. Who else but the man who is better than all of you, even me, Maxwell Jacob Friedman MJF. If there's anyone in wrestling that has the brightest future, it's Maxwell. This is just another guy who can get the crowd in the palm of his hands. He knows how to work the crowd. He works the gimmick everywhere. You know, just ask Nate. I mean, at... (laughs) Oh, was it C2E2 or WrestleCon? If the camera's rolling, he's on it. I mean, the band does cameo. And he charges six hundred dollars. 
because he hates because he's a heel. He's a heel because he hates he hates us. But I love him. Uh, you know, MJF is a guy I found a couple of years ago. Uh, it had to be SummerSlam weekend in 2018 or 20. Yeah, maybe 2018 or 17 even. I was listening to the Kings of the Rings podcast and Rant with Ant, and they were at SummerSlam in Brooklyn. One of these events that took place was Joey Janela's Spring Break from Game Changer Wrestling. And I saw MJF interact with the lead singer of... of Weedus. Uh, Brandon B. Brown. I think like... Weedus? Why do I know this teenage dirtbag? Like, their one famous song. Actually, their only famous song. If you ask me, uh, what's Teenage Dirtbag, Fretz? Google it. It's a song from uh, 2000. Yeah, it was... Yeah, 20 years ago, Teenage Dirtbag came out. It appeared in films like Loser with Jason Biggs and uh, Bully, a... Actually, it was a 2012 documentary drama film about, well, bullying. So, Brandon B. Brown is a big-time wrestling fan, so he appeared at a couple of Game Changer wrestling shows, uh, much to the chagrin of heels like, like MJF. And, you know, he would be singing Teenage Dirtbag. The s- I'm sorry, the crowd would be singing along uh, to it. MJF would attack him. Of course, Brandon would get revenge on him in the Clusterfuck Battle Royal and eliminate him, hit him with a stunner, throw Maxwell out the ring, and and there we go. And when I found out that MJF was all elite, I couldn't have been happier. You know, he debuted as a heel. He was at Double or Nothing during the Casino Battle Royal, which was for the opportunity at the AEW Championship. Unfortunately, he was eliminated by Adam Page. Uh, at Fight for the Fallen, I remember he teamed with Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara to defeat Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela in a six-man tag. And he would just cut promos, just shitting on the fans. Or he would interact with fans at the show and like throw a beer at him or flip the bird at him. Like, <laughs> he, would flip, he, would, he would flip the bird. He would slag off kids. That, that was, like, one of my f- favorite things about him. And people are like, hey, he's just a kid. Like, he's working you. He's in the business, guys. Uh, I don't know where he learned to be this, but the, the man is on 24-7. You know, he'll tweet you. If you piss him off enough on Twitter, he'll tweet you and say something about, you know, something, something virgin, something, something, I'll bone your girlfriend, something, something... Uh, asshole and I love him for it and the reason I love him even more now is because he turned on Cody Uh, I'm going to say it it's an unpopular opinion I do not like Cody Rhodes I mean he is just uh, I I don't know why there's something about him I don't like I loved him in WWE I loved dashing Cody Rhodes but I don't like him as this hero and the leader of the nightmare family he comes out with you know arn anderson and this parade of 
random friends like Diamond Dallas Page, his wife, and this dog that he brought out during one match, and the pyro actually, you know, scared the living piss out of the poor thing. Shameful. Uh, yeah, MJF uh, threw in the towel again. Was it Chris? Yeah, Chris Jericho and Cody, and now Cody can't ever have a world title shot. Although they're gonna find a loophole to that, and MJF kicks him in the nuts, hits him with a cro- like sloppy-looking crossroads. And at the end of the day, I'm a sucker for a good heel. I mean, that's why I love Adam Cole, Elias, Kevin Owens, all these people. MJF, they're all great at playing dickhead heels. But these are people that, for the most part, are universally loved by the by the wrestling fans, by the IWC, if you will. So, yeah, what else do I like about about MJF? Just everything. The the fact that he can cut his promo, he can be on 24-7. He knows how to work. He knows how to work the fans, whether you're at a convention, whether you're at the airport, whether you're trying to get him to do a thing for you on Cameo. Uh, MJF, I think, is going to go down as the best heel in wrestling. Next year, when he finally wins the AEW title, well, not next year, I think it's going to be much sooner than that, if you ask me, he'll reach uh, uh, you, you know what I mean I, I'm, I'm gushing on this this episode is getting super long MJF best heel in the business my favorite wrestler currently my favorite wrestler in all elite by a country mile and I can't see anyone taking this spot from him for a while so thank you very, very much for listening everybody I hope that my rambling has been somewhat of a distraction for you. Uh, for those people who are a distraction for me, I thank you very much. You know who you are. Uh, thank you very much to the War family. Uh, I hope each and every one of you are safe and healthy. And we'll get through this, folks. And someday we'll all be at a wrestling show together, having pints, sharing laugh, laughs, and making memories so this is frets out god bless you i love you peace out